Time to talk a little college football. Matt Michelle joins us, national college football writer for the Orlando Sentinel. He joins us on the Sprint special guest line. Lisa Nee Hansen, get an iPad for $99.99. Visit the local Sprint store near you. Matt, good morning. Good morning. How are you guys doing today? We're doing well. People in Utah might wonder why we'd have someone from Florida on to talk college football. And it's because, you know, the local homers always want the local teams to win. It's more interesting and more fun when they win. But when someone on the other side of the country says or writes something nice about them, it makes everybody's ears perk up. What do you like about the Utes? From Florida, what have you seen? What have you noticed? What do you like? Well, this is a program right now, you know, that you look at what they've been able to do over the last, you know, four or five years, uh, you know, and, and they've been consistent ever since the, they've joined the, the Pac-12. And I, I think this year especially, you know, you look at what they return uh, offensively, they return eight starters, uh, you know, with Tyler Huntley and Zach Moss coming back. And, and I think that's, that's a group that I think they can help, you know, help them out offensively, maybe pick up a little bit where they, they lacked a little bit last year, especially in the passing game. Uh, they returned seven defensive starters, and, and this is a group right now that you know I, I think, as is, is we know, is is going to be probably in contention in, in the Pac-12 this year, possibly even making a, a serious run at the Pac-12 title. I know they came off a South Division win last year, but you know this this is a group I think that can make a big statement and and possibly make a push to get the Pac-12 into the uh, college football playoffs. So it's a good news, bad news thing when it comes to Pac-12, you say, about possibly getting the Pac-12 in the playoff, you know, and that's a big thing nationally because they haven't been in it in a while. Washington got in it a little bit, Oregon too. But, you know, it's sliding behind. And you see, so the way I view this is good news, bad news, because you have them as a potential, but then they're also you only have them at 21st. So they don't, those two don't kind of jive. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think when you look at this, the Pac-12, I think there's going to be some challenges there. I think Washington, obviously, is a team that's probably going to, you know, make make another run like they've done over the last couple of years. I, I think you look at what, uh, you know, we, we saw Washington State, what they've done over the, the, the past. Oregon is, is looks to be improving with Mario Cristobal. I, I think this is a conference as a whole that you're seeing the program starting to get, you know, to, to that elite level, starting to find their way in the top 25 more than we have over the last three or four years. I think the thing that's hurt the conference a little bit is the fact that these teams have been beating up on each other every year, you know, that whenever there's a team or two that stands out that you feel like maybe can make a serious run, you know, there's a game that they end up losing in, in conference play, and I think that's hurt them a little bit. I also think, you know, that, that when you talk about national perception, I think, you know, outside of, of the West Coast, there, there probably are a lot more focus is being paid towards the SEC and the Big Ten and possibly the ACC. So um, there may not be as, as much love given to the Pac-12. So this is a conference right now that has, as you mentioned, kind of a little bit of identity situation. They need to have some big wins to, to and, and get some big statement wins, especially in their own conference against ranked teams, if they're going to make a push for that maybe possible playoff run. Do you view the Pac-12 as tough or stupid for playing nine conference games? Yeah, I, I think it's tough. I, I mean, I, listen, I, I think – the way we're going in college football is schedules are going to become even more you know, important to everybody. They're going to have to be – you're going to have to add teams to your schedule to make that, you know, to make that serious run when we're talking about playoffs. And that is until the playoff possibly expands. If, we, if the playoff expands in 2024, 2025, as some people think might happen, you know, then that maybe opens up to, to eight teams or six teams. Maybe then the conference champion gets in. But even then, I still believe – 
the scheduling is going to be crucial. So I think when you look at a conference like the Pac-12 being in nine games, I don't think that's that's stupid. I think, you know, you're going to see that more and more. The SEC gets asked that question year in, year out now. Why don't you go to nine? Why don't you do, you know, to try to to help that conference get a little bit tougher? You know, I I think you're seeing the non-conference scheduling getting tougher on a lot of these schools. They want to schedule more Power 5 opponents. They want to make sure that they've gotten, you know, uh, enough of, of value when you're look, being looked at uh, when it comes to getting a, a team possibly contending for a national title. You can't, the days of scheduling, you know, cupcakes and, and, and rolling over teams and, and trying to, you know, just win by as many points as you possibly can are, are kind of going out of the way. You know, I think you're seeing more and more teams trying to make sure they get the, the best situations in that uh, you know, in their scheduling. And I, and I think a lot of athletic directors will say the same sort of thing when you look at their schedules. They're not scheduling some of those easy cupcake games as much as they used to. So I think the Pac-12 needs to be in unison. And what I mean by that is they need everybody to pull together and do well, whereas Clemson and Alabama, they don't really need anybody from the SEC or ACC to do anything. In very you know, in recent times, we haven't seen much from the ACC outside of Clemson, and SEC's a little tougher. But they stand on their own merits, whereas the Pac-12, we're talking about this earlier, I think that they need, right off the bat, they need Oregon to beat uh, Auburn. They need uh, either Stanford or SC to beat Notre Dame. They need ASU to go in to East Lansing and beat Michigan State. All that stuff is going to help Utah or whoever it might be. We're just using Utah as the local example here. And they need everybody to have success, which makes it more difficult. And I want your response to this because these other teams, and you could probably put Ohio State in there, doesn't necessarily need their conference to be all that good and they can still get in. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, I think that the Pac-12 definitely needs to have, you know, they need to help each other out. They need to get these kind of wins. You know, if you, if Oregon beats Auburn in the opener, that's on a big type stage, a national television stage. I think that just helps inflate what the conference has been able to do. If you get USC to beat Notre Dame or Stanford beats Notre Dame, or, you know, you start beating these top 10, top 15 type programs, especially consistently, I think then people start looking at the conference a little differently. And I think you also need some of these programs that have been powerhouses in the past to get back to where they're at. You're looking at USC. You're looking at UCLA. Uh, you know, Arizona State was, was a power at one point. You know, they need those kind of programs to continue to rise up. And it's been, it's been difficult because, you know, some of these programs just haven't been at that elite level like they've been in the past. So winning some of those games early on, those big power games, will help them out a little bit. Um, you know, I, I think – Having a, a, a strong conference championship, you know, going in will help them out as well. Um, you can't, you know, once you lose two two games, you're you're pretty much out of the mix. And I think then people kind of quit paying attention to you and what's going on, even though you might have had a, a great season. Um, so to me, yeah, I agree with you that the idea of, of really kind of helping elevate this the the image of the Pac-12 depends on these teams getting those upset wins, getting wins against quality opponents, because that's only going to help them in the long run. And I think these programs are on the rise. I mean, you're seeing, you know, again, you're seeing Chip Kelly coming at UCLA. Maybe he can get that program back to where it is. You're seeing Oregon with Mario getting back to where they were with Chip Kelly several years ago. You're seeing Washington, Washington State, Stanford. All those programs now are finding their way into that top 25. I think that's going to be crucial for this conference, especially moving forward. Matt Michelle joining us. He writes for the Orlando Sentinel, a national college football writer. You know, the Utes have built their identity running the football and playing great defense. 
There are people here who think they have got to open it up more if they want to get where they're going to go. And then I think you can also find some people who say, well, Washington, Alabama, and Clemson won conference titles last year, and they just defended like crazy. What do you think is the best path for a team like Utah to win a conference title and then maybe go beyond that to a playoff? Well, I think I think the big you know you mentioned that I think the defense is still a strong point for a lot of these teams that win you know titles. I think that's going to always be their biggest strength for Utah. They they have to play good defense. They also have to avoid mistakes and turnovers. You know Utah you know turned the ball over a lot last year, and I think that's something, especially in inopportune times. And I think that's something that you know you you can't do. Good teams find ways to be on the plus side when we're talking about turnover margins. And I think that's something that they have to do a little bit better job of. I think offensively. They run the football well, but they're going to need to continue to do that. And they need to get that next step at the quarterback level. I think the Pac-12 has built a reputation for being a solid quarterback league, you know, for being able to throw the ball around. Um, I think, you know, obviously there were some injuries last year, but I think if you can continue to, to you know, elevate that quarterback position, I think all those things together are going to help you out, especially when you're, you know, you're playing – uh, you know, the Washington States and, and you're playing Washington and, and some of these other teams that maybe, you know, like to throw the ball a lot, a lot more and like to maybe, you know, put the score up as high as they can. So um, you're going to have to find a way to, to kind of mix that all together. To me, like I said, Utah is one of the more physical teams in, in this conference. They need to continue to do that, but they've got to get a little bit better on offense and they, and they just got to take care of, uh, better care of the football. I think that's the thing that kind of hurt them last year. And, and, and you say that, I mean, they still won nine games and still won the South. So, um, I, again, these are all things I think that that are kind of uh, th- trademarks of Kyle, what Kyle Winningham has been able to do with that program. So, I mean, to me, I, I think they're in a, they're in a good spot going into this year. There's a couple games I think that they can flip, and I think they they can be right there again, back in the conference championship game. So you've handicapped the South. I think all of us agree with that. How about take a shot at the North? Well, I, I think it's going to come down to Washington and Oregon. I, I think those two teams are going to be at it. You know, Washington's got some question marks at quarterback. I mean, you know, they bring in some, you know, they're, they're going to have a guy like Jacob Eason possibly come in and take over, you know, and run the offense that looks like with them. Um, I think Oregon to me is interesting. You know, I think what, you know, bringing back Justin Herbert uh, at quarterback, I think it's huge for them. I think that kind of gets them a little bit of an edge, so to speak. They bring back practically everyone on the offense. Um, they're going to put some points up. You know, the, the question mark is defensively. Can they stop some guys? Um, you know, and as you mentioned, you know, they, they open up against Auburn. That's going to be a crucial game because if they lose to Auburn in that opener, you know, how does this team respond? Do they come back? You know, are they able to, you know, put that aside and, and move forward? You know, they still got some key games in, in the next, you know, in the next five or six weeks after that. So they can't get so distracted in the idea of beating Auburn that they let the whole season go, go to waste. So I think Washington and Auburn are going to be the two teams that are going to end up battling it out. I, I mean, you know, Washington and Oregon, excuse me. And I think Oregon, like I said, I mean, they've got an opportunity. If they beat Auburn early on, they can make a big statement and make it, maybe take the big push to, as being the team to beat in, in the North when we're looking at the Pac-12. Stanford has uh, won the North four times in the eight years since the conference went to 12 teams. Uh, but they've only won it once in the last three, only once in the last three. Do you feel like they've slipped a little bit? Other teams have caught them and passed them by, or do you think they're in the mix? Well, you know, yeah, I think they've they've kind of slipped a little bit. You know, some of that is, you know, they've struggled running the football. They're, you know, they're normally known for being a program that, you know, runs as a strong running attack. Uh, people thought when Bryce Love was there that, you know, he was going to win a Heisman and they were, you know, going to be as dominant, but Bryce Love got banged up and hurt. 
you know, last year that was one of their, their things that really struggled with. They, they were down at the bottom of the FBS and, and rushing, and that's just unusual for Stanford's team. Um, you know, this year, again, you know, they, they've only returned three starters on offense. K.J. Costello, their quarterback, has got experience, but they got to replace a lot of pieces, especially on that offensive line. And I know that Stanford's known for developing tough lines on both offense and defense, but, um, you know, it, it's going to take a little bit of a, of a time for adjustments. And their schedule isn't you know, when you look at early on, it, it, it's really a brutal schedule. I mean, they open up against Northwestern, they're at USC and then at UCF, and then they play Oregon uh, in the first four weeks. So that's that's a really difficult schedule for them. If they survive that first four, you know, then I think maybe there's an opportunity maybe to make some noise. But um, based on what they have returning talent, you know, I, I don't think they're going to be in contention nearly as much. But that's to say, you know, David Shaw is a guy who always surprises people and finds good recruits and, and gets kids in there. So I don't think they're going to be down very long. It may just be another year or two, and they'll be right back in there with the Washingtons and the Oregons and the Washington States. So we've seen some of these lesser conferences do extreme things to get exposure. That would being, you know, to Boise State, it seems like it rarely has a Saturday home game. They're either, if they're Saturday, they're 9 o'clock at night, Boise time, or they're playing on a Friday other conferences, the MAC playing on Tuesday, what have you. So now something has floated for the Pac-12, which is out of the box, and that is playing 9 o'clock local starts to get some more attention back where you are in Florida, back in the east. The east has all most of the folks in the time zones, right? So that has been met with some resistance from Pac-12 coaches because they got to get the players up at 4 or 5 in the morning, blah, blah, blah. Do you think they should give in and just recognize, hey, in order to compete with the big boys being way out here, we're going to have to make some sacrifices, one of them being 9 o'clock, or stick to the guns and say, no, nope, we're going to do it our way? Well, I, I think that's definitely been a concern is, you know, the, is having your premier games on really late on the East Coast. And you know, there are a lot of people who, you know, maybe aren't paying attention to what's going on. It's hurt. I mean, I'll be honest. I think it's hurt the Pac-12 in regards to not just – you know, identifying teams to be contenders and, and then playoff games. But I think it's, it's hurt in cases of, you know, getting guys who possibly could make a serious run at the Heisman. I think you've got a lot of East Coast voters who are already in bed or already, you know, not paying attention to those games after 10 o'clock. I'm not sure if 9 a.m. Is, is, a, is a great deal. If I was a coach, I could understand why you'd be upset. I mean, it takes a lot of time to prepare to get your guys up and moving and get your team ready to go. I, and I think you would hear a lot of pushback, not just from coaches, but from players as well, you know, um, and even fans. I think, you know, they're, listen, uh, don't get me wrong. I know a lot of fans who would love to start tailgating at 8 o'clock in the morning and start their, you know, taking part of libations at 8 o'clock in the morning, but I'm not sure if the fans are really that interested in doing that. Um, so you hope there'd be some sort of way to figure out maybe to kind of somewhere in the middle on this, but uh, it, it's definitely a concern. And when you start hearing conference commissioners talk about this kind of thing, when you hear Larry Scott talk about it, or you hear it mentioned that this is a possible idea, then you know there's been some serious discussion on it. Now, whether they can get everyone to agree on the same page, that's going to come down to the school presidents and, and whether they feel it's feasible. I mean, again, this is, this is a bold step for a conference that's definitely looking to kind of improve its image a little bit. Um, I'm just not sure if this is the way to go, if you kind of alienate your coaches and your, and your fans and, and, you know, your players if that's going to help in the long run. I think there's got to be some sort of middle ground where maybe they can kind of come together and find a way to do this. But uh, I definitely believe that it's a concern. It's something they're seriously going to look at over the next couple of years. Matt Marcel joining us, National College football writer for the Orlando Sentinel. Uh, you know, people here, 
love Utah football, and they show up in big numbers and go to games, and BYU draws big crowds too. But when you get to the playoffs and it's Clemson and Alabama again, people kind of shrug their shoulders. Is anybody going to derail that, or are we all going to be shrugging going, eh, it's Clemson and Alabama again? <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I think I think Alabama and Clemson, you know, will probably be in the mix again. I know people kind of hate that, but I always kind of relate it to, you know, you remember back in the 80s, uh, you know, when the Lakers and the Boston Celtics were and made that, those big runs in the finals. You know, those were two teams that seemed to be in the finals every year, year in and out in the 80s. Um, you know, those are two some great programs moving forward. I think that's kind of what we're seeing right now with Alabama-Clemson at this point. I still think there's some teams that can make a serious run at it. I think Oklahoma, I think Lincoln Riley's done a great job with Oklahoma uh, over the last couple of years since taking over for Bob Stoops. They get another quarterback in, another transfer quarterback in Jalen Hurts. There's an opportunity there if their defense can get better. They can make maybe a possible run at it as well. I'm interested to know what Ohio State can do with Ryan Day. I think, you know, they bring in a new quarterback in Justin Fields, but Ryan Day is kind of a young, innovative mind that people have been kind of, you know, considering for a long time as a possible head coach somewhere. You know, if he can kind of keep things on track at Ohio State, maybe the Big Ten gets a team back into the playoff after a couple of years of absence. Um, and, then, and I think you're going to also see, you know, like I mentioned, maybe a, a team like Washington or Oregon try to make a run. Um, Notre Dame, you know, which was in the playoff last year, I think Notre Dame returns a lot of talent. Um, they can make a serious run. I think those are the teams right now that, that kind of have to make big statements to kind of showcase what they're doing. Alabama, Clemson are going to be there. But at some point, someone's going to slip up, and there's got to be a team ready to step in there and do that. So those are my mind of the teams right now that have the best chance of maybe making a serious run at maybe dethroning one of those two teams. Matt, thanks for joining us. We appreciate a few minutes uh, for coming on and talking college football. Thanks a lot. No problem. Thank you.